0: So here is the big question, how do entrepreneurs like us who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong, show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win? That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Welcome back to Direct AF. We have a very special guest today. His name is Rob Sperry. And if you are in the social selling, direct selling network marketing space, you absolutely know this man. And you're probably super excited to hear what he has to say today. He is a coach. He is an author of the game of networking and it is a game and you gotta be in it to win it. That's for sure. He's a top rated speaker. He's spoken in 18 different countries, I think at last count, about to be another one in February of 2022 when we see each other in Dubai, I cannot wait. He can teach you the art of taprooting. How to use social media the right way, how to get success in part time hours, which is one of my favorite topics, and how to recruit when you think that you don't have credibility or when you're brand new. Those are just some of the areas that Rob is an expert at. And so let me give you the stage, let me give you the floor. Good morning.
1: Well, Lisa, I'm excited. I know we planned this out maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, and just excited to get to know you better. It feels like Fast and Free has gotten to know you a lot the last month and excited to get to know you more, of course, in Dubai. That will be fun. As we're going to have an epic adventure there and hanging out. And congrats on all your success and your podcast. I think that's always next level when someone's willing to go all out on their podcast. And I was going through, you've had some phenomenal guests. So I'm honored to be one of those. And the fun part about this particular podcast today is... We were going back and forth, and we just said, "You know what? Let's just let's just roll with it." So, I don't know any of the questions, which makes it, I think, even more fun and surprising, exciting, intuitive, and so really excited about that. And I will say, amongst many of my successes, as many know, you don't get to hear the failures. <laughs> and I've had way more of those failures. I'll just share one: my fifth month inside of the network marketing profession, I worked eighty hours a week. Which is a lot. I mean, I was crazy disciplined and just all out no TV, nothing, right? There's no T there's no PV and TV. Like I would, I took everything. So literally I sacrificed so much and I'm not telling anyone you, you got to sacrifice that much, I had insanely high goals. And so I knew I needed to have that insane focus, but I made less than $400 my fifth month in network marketing. So I joke around saying I could have gone to work at McDonald's making minimum wage. And I would have been filthy rich compared to what I did my fifth month. And so I just think it's important for everybody to hear that because they hear the success stories and they they think, wow, maybe it's not my my personality or my style. And and that's just a massive limiting belief. So I'm excited to go in any direction you want to go today, Lisa. Well, I want
0: to unpack that. I mean, that's an amazing place to start, right? There are... So many questions I have just about that. First of all, you were working 80 hours a week. So you must have been obviously not working a nine to five alongside your first few months in your network marketing gig.
1: Correct. I was not very smart and um, I was making six figures a year running a tennis club. And I decided after about five days, I was going to quit a career because I was 28 years old. Uh, most tennis instructor or tennis club managers or directors are about 50 years old. And so I felt like I had hit that dream job pretty soon. And I quit that at 28 years old after I didn't even got my first check yet. And I, I just, I went all in way too soon. Uh, I didn't wait. Like most people where you create the urgency and you let it surpass it and you build up a huge reserve and so it, it was tough. It's like being thrown in the middle of the ocean and saying, Go swim, and you don't even know which direction you're swimming. And so I almost drowned several times, many times, hundreds of times. Uh but in the end I feel like I went through what most people go through in fifteen years in a matter of two years because I had my wife and two kids. Now I have four kids, that's time two kids and I had to make it work. I couldn't go back to this career that I had quit because that position was was filled. So I don't recommend it, but it did end up working out in the end. It was not the easy route or I don't know if necessarily the right route, but it worked out. So I can't complain now, even though if I would have known then what I had to go through, I don't know if I would have been willing. <laughs>
0: Well, you burn the bridge, you burn the boat and all of the, you know, stuff behind it. So it's interesting to me because when you started this six-figure career, you know, you knew after five days that this just wasn't for you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I ran the tennis club for four years. Oh,
0: okay. All right.
1: But it was five days inside of the direct sales got it. or network marketing profession okay, that got
0: it. It was a-
1: made that, that quick, uh, quick decision, right? Way too quick, way too soon.
0: What do you think made you do that? What, like, what happened that you just said, you know, I'm going to do this five days.
1: Later, yeah. So bridge, let's go. A quote that I came up with that really helped me is the guy who got me inside of the profession. Now he's made over $30 million. Uh, very successful. he, hasn't even shown up to his own convention in 10 years, which I don't recommend, but that's his personality and style. He's that retired is my main point. He, um, he was insanely good at casting a vision mm. and Stephen Covey's definition of leadership is good, is communicating to one their worth the potential so well they see it in themselves. And so the quote I came up with is good leaders have vision, whereas great leaders give vision. And he gave me that vision so clear that in my mind, I felt like if I listened to this guy, if I truly was willing—that's the key word—willing to do what he taught me, because he was going to personally mentor me, and, and I was close friends with him, and I could go to his—I went to his house every day for three years. I felt like I I couldn't fail. Um, I didn't necessarily know how long it was going to take me. I didn't know if it was going to take me six months or five years but I felt like he had done it. He knew how to do it. He was going to teach me. And I felt like my talent was, I was very tough. I wasn't very great in the sense of I had many uh, weaknesses, like we all have, but I knew I was, I was as tough as anyone. And so I felt like with that, with his vision that he cast for me, that I was just going to figure it out. My wife asked me several times, no, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. And I'm like, look, you know me, I'm tough. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm tough. I'll figure it out. And it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, which is a success principle. Everything worthwhile is harder than you think it's going to be. I got an incredible marriage. Way harder than I thought it was going to be. I an incredible 40. Those kids, the end of the vacation, love them to death. Like, I need a vacation from the vacation from them. Way harder than I thought it was going to be. Network marketing? Way better, but way harder than I thought it was going to be. So it's not just a network marketing concept or principle. It's a success principle.
0: I love that. I, you know, I haven't heard that. And it's, it, it is just, it's really hitting home for me. Um, before I started in network marketing, I was a trial lawyer for 21 years. And all I knew was the courtroom. I knew in high school that that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a prosecutor. And, and I became that. 21 years later, four children. I also have four children. The script gets a little rewritten. And I, I started this second career. I don't practice law anymore. And network marketing, sales, entrepreneurship is way harder than I thought it was going to be. But it's also more rewarding in a lot of ways than I thought it was going to be. So I think it's both sides of the coin. Yes, it's way harder, but it's also incredibly um, um, empowering. But also when you can actually cast a vision for someone and they catch it, and they run with it and they have what they consider success. There's nothing more rewarding. Would you agree with me?
1: Yeah, I mean it's I'm thinking of what you're saying, it's it's so much more rewarding and, and everything worthwhile is. It's it's one of those things where not in a braggy way, it's where you wish people could just have a glimpse of, of the lifestyle. And the lifestyle encompasses like I talked about family and For me, my motto is die with memories, not with dreams. And I set a goal of one of my ways to measure my success is how many family vacations I do a year. And my goal is minimum seven a year, which I've done now, I think for maybe six years. Last year I did eight family vacations. And I just think it's important. Everyone has their different measures of success. But if if people could see what it is and what it's like, they would be much more willing to go through those tough times. I mean, my, my mentor, going back to how he cast that vision, one of the things he taught me is he said, Rob, I said, you don't understand. He said, for me, every day is an anniversary. every day's a birthday. He's like, yeah, I sacrificed some at the beginning, but he's like, now I, I get to decide every day. I get to decide when I want to go on a trip. You know, if I want to go see a movie and it's busy and I want to go see it at, you know, 2 PM when no one's there. If I want to go take my kids to Disneyland and go when no one else is there because people can't go and can't miss, it's like I get to make those those decisions to create those memories. And so it cast such a clear vision for me that I, I really thought about that. And I read a book. I don't know if you ever read the book called Influencer. And it was written some time ago. And I don't remember a lot of parts from books, but I always remember one or two things. And this is the thing I took and I've used for over a decade now the two questions everyone asks themselves is this, and this is for joining a network marketing or starting your own normal traditional business or maybe a network marketing, hitting a new rank, like new levels, new doubles, but everyone asks themselves these two questions. Number one, can I do what you're doing? So they're asking first, can I do it? And number two is, is it worth it? So when you're casting a vision, you're always constantly answering those two questions. Can I do what you're doing? Right. Can, can I do it? You're showing people they can do it. And then they're asking themselves, mm, is it worth it? Is it worth it to do network marketing and be judged by friends and family? And they're like, I can't believe you're doing that weird pyramid thing or things that add, right? Like I thought you had credibility, you know, you were, you were. A lawyer, and now you're doing this. I can't even believe that. Rob, you ran a tennis club, and now you're looking at doing this. So they're asking themselves, "Well, yeah, I could do it, but is it really worth it?" And so you got to you got to paint that picture in a non-hypey way of yeah, what's possible, but also you know what they're going to have to go through and and why that's worth it. And so those are the two questions I constantly am teaching, but also challenging myself personally as well as others is they're trying to achieve those new levels and, and looking at making those decisions.
0: When we started talking just now, you talked about how um, you had insanely big goals when you first started. And so you were like completely all in 80 hours a week. What were your goals?
1: Oh, it'd be crazy if I pulled up I'll, I'll list some of them right now, but I do a training on it where I pull up goals that I had listed three years prior to network marketing and they were crazy things like be retired by age 35, which retirement means you don't have to work. It doesn't mean you don't work. And so you could, I achieved that by 35. I'm 41 now. Uh, I had another goal. that was uh, cause I was living in a town home and it was to have a house that had a theater room and a house that was, you know, over five thousand square foot, square feet, and have in- entertainment so that my kids, you know, would want to invite all their friends, so I could keep an eye on them, especially those those two girls I've got. And then I had on there uh, a swimming pool, which is ironic because they are pouring the cement for our swimming pool tomorrow. Uh, our house we built five years ago. It has a, a big theater room. It's got a foosball, ping pong. One of those arcade games that's got two thousand games on an air hockey, um, all these different things that I had listed, and it was weird. I didn't see that until years later. It was like after years after network marketing, and I was sifting through all these notes, and I found it. It was like, oh my goodness, I forgot that I had written this all down. And the ironic part about that is, is it was my mentor that got me in network marketing that was teaching me all this three years prior to even ever approaching me about network marketing. And so I had those huge goals and then some other goals that I, I created later, which I mean, some of them were over a decade ago. So when I say later, it was a long time ago, is you're going to love this with four kids is when my kids turn 12, we do, cause we have two boys, two girls. So it worked out. Um, we do an opposite gender parent, uh, trip with them. And then when they turn 16 anywhere they want in the world. So my oldest is 16 and he decided he wanted to go to, to, to Dubai. So I did that with him, right? This last December, two weeks, zero work. We went skydiving. I have a massive fear of heights. We flew first class there. Not that you have to, right? But it was a cool experience. Um, we went and did the camels and the dune buggy and the desert tour. Uh, we went and rented Ferraris. We went in the Lamborghini for him. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Guess what though? The best part is, is he was the one that was the hardest for me to connect with of our four kids since then he's 16 years old. And like every night he wants to talk for an hour, which is crazy. Cool. I'm tired at night. I'm like, can we talk earlier? But it's like. The whole relationship and dynamic has changed. And so that was one of those type of things where the goals evolved and became bigger. And then my other goal I created well over a decade ago with my wife was, you know, we got four kids, right? Was we said someday we want to take all of our kids and grandkids. This was probably created 15 years ago, this goal, all our kids and grandkids on a trip. Well, four kids, if they all have a significant other plus kids, That can add up. At that time, we were broke, and sounded like an insane amount. And so uh, these were some of the huge goals that pushed me to have a a vision that was big enough, a dream, ambitions that were big enough that it pushed me to go for more, to have something that could provide that. So it's been fun to see some of those already come to fruition and, and have others that, you know, are still obviously down the line. My daughter turns 11. My third child, she turns 11 here uh, this week. And so she's already talking about when she turns 12, everything that she's going to be doing with me. And she's so excited about it.
0: I have chills. I am so inspired by that. And I can completely understand what you're talking about, about the connection that you um, were able to, to gain through this experience, this trip. You know, it's one thing to buy your 16 year old a car because you're financially able to do so. It's a whole nother gift on a completely different level, the gift of memory, the gift of experience, the gift of travel, of time. And I think that the the gift of time, I think that's one of the the biggest blessings in network marketing is, um, and I'm gonna ramble for a minute here, so I'm gonna apologize, but I wanna get these thoughts out. So going back to the vision that your mentor cast, He, it sounded to me, and hopefully it sounds like this to the listeners, that he casted a vision of freedom, freedom of choice. If he wanted to go to the movies at two o'clock, he could, he was free to make that choice for himself because he wasn't tied down to a rigid schedule. You have the freedom to choose to give your 16 year old children a kick butt, kick ass car, right? You're choosing to give them. The gift of your time. And that's really the biggest gift I think that we can give in this life. And that's what network marketing gave me. And it sounds like it gave you. And I do, I I feel exactly the same way you do. Like I literally want to stand on the rooftop and shout to anybody like, wake up, wake up from the matrix. Here's a red pill. Take this pill and wake up to the reality of what you can have and what you can do and what you can achieve. And maybe it's not eight vacations a year with your family. Maybe it's $500 so that you can go to Target or Nordstrom and buy without guilt. That's success. Or maybe it's making that 13th payment on your mortgage who knows what it is for, for people, but all right, I'm rambling. Let's get back to you. You've inspired me. So my four uh, children, my oldest is turning 20. My middle is 17 and my identical twins are turning 16. And I think that that is they say they don't want anything and that's their gift. They're each going to get a trip. Thank you for that.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, People, like you said, time, people talk about quality time. You know, with those you care about, it's actually quality and quantity time, right? You can't be like, oh, you're the most important person in my life for 20 minutes and give them quality time, right? (laughs) You got to give them both. So that's so important that we continually do that. And that's why, I mean, for me, it sounds crazy because I'm 41 years old. My oldest is 16. I'm so excited for grandkids someday to be able to do these trips, you know, with the whole family and plan them out every single year and look forward to that so you know that that's what it is and you got to find what that is and like lisa's saying is at the beginning uh i think too many times when someone first starts in something like network marketing or whatever it is say does your why make you cry in the beginning people like i just want to freaking make my money back right and then it expands and grows uh for some yeah it could be just an extra hundred dollars a month i mean i remember in 2008 they said the average person, if they could have made five hundred dollars more a month, it would have prevented them from, from closing on their home. So, you know, a hundred or two hundred dollars a month can be absolutely life changing and make all the difference. And then from there, goals can grow and they can they can expand. And I'm still trying to expand and grow mine as well as I go. And it's just it's fun to do. It's a lot of fun to do.
0: So, um, I don't know if you know this, but I wrote a book. It's called Direct AF Sales, and I have a whole chapter on your what versus your why. The idea. Yes. So I was coming from the world of, um, criminal trial law, <laughs> first as a yeah. prosecutor and then as a defense attorney, going to the jails, meeting with my clients, you know. I really didn't need to sit down and think about why I was doing this and have a good cry before I could pick my ass up and like text five people about a great business opportunity. I thought it was absurd. Um, I've never needed a why that made me, cry, made me cry to actually get to work. I think it's silly, so I'm totally with you on that. I actually have this theory, and I wonder what you think of this. I disagree with Simon Sinek. <laughs>
1: I do. I think you need a why. I love controversial statements like this. This is fun. I
0: don't think you need a why. I think you need a what. I want to take my kid on a 16, a a birthday trip when they're 16. That's my what. That's what I want. I want to achieve that. And when that's done, I'll get to the next what. I want a new washing machine. I want a um, house cleaner. I want a new pair of Louboutins. I want a spendy bag. Those are what? Those are the things that are going to make you get up and be like, yeah, I really want that bag. So I'm going to get 10 more customers this month. But if it's an elusive why, like I want to spend more time with my family. Yeah. That's undefined. Yeah. It's, it goes back to the idea that you need discipline, not motivation. You need discipline, not inspiration. Like a meme doesn't, it doesn't make me get off my butt, stop watching Netflix and call five people. What about you? What do you think?
1: Wow, I love it. I think my guess, so here's my guess, we had a conversation with Simon, is you're both saying the same things, you're just giving a di- different description to it. You're saying more of like, you're basically describing your why as a what, because it's more tangible. And saying if someone has a why, it just can't be open ended. And I agree with you. Like that's why I had to create things that were very specific. Saying when someone tells me when I do personal coaching, like, I want more time. Well, okay, why do you want more time? Because I want to do what I want when I want. Why? Like it's not it's not defined enough. And if we're not defined enough and we're not specific with exactly what we want, then I don't think you truly have a clear why. And so I think it's a different way of describing it and more specific as people go. And for me, I'm, I'm insane on discipline. Like you don't, you don't know this. You're going to die when you hear this, but I'm like nuts. Like I'm crazy. And I, I don't, I don't think, I think that it's kind of both are saying the same thing in different ways, but I think, I don't think people really lack motivation. I really think they lack, like, like you said, a clear what or Simon says as a clear, why I think they really lack a clear, like true vision because if their vision's there, it's like you, if your vision's there of what you want, you're just going to figure it out. Like you ask all these top leaders around the world, I've done it. I did it in Australia with 400 people. And I asked these top leaders, I said, you know, what was your plan when you started? Like, I don't know. I just talked to a ton of people. Like they just, they just took action. And then they figure out some secret sauce system later. But for me, In the last 14 years, I've missed personal development zero days. Now, are there days where I suck at it and I do it for, you know, 30 seconds? Absolutely. I've missed zero days of some sort of spiritual meditation prayers. Are there days where the man upstairs is like, dude, Rob, that sucks. Like, talk to me more. What the crap was that? Of course, right? I haven't missed an entire week of working out in 14 years, right? And I've traveled an insane amount, but I always make time because I understand discipline isn't to take away from what you want. It's to give you everything you ever wanted. And so one of these, maybe, maybe you remind me, we'll talk about this in the mastermind, but one of my deep dive topics on this is people, we understand this as leaders, but people need to learn this is we've got to be willing to give up some of the things that we like for the things that we love and so people confuse and get addicted to their likes and never gain their loves like i'm not saying get rid of all your likes but you may like listening to music when you're at the gym well i gave that up and started listening to personal development don't think i'm crazy you don't have to do that don't have to give up all your likes i didn't watch tv for six months at all you may say, well, but I love watching four hours of TV every day. That's your like, but what's your love? And people confuse likes and loves. And that's where I, I kind of hope to distinguish on discipline. Again, it's not to take away from everything you ever wanted. It's to give you everything you ever wanted. And so for me, I'm huge on creating that that discipline, right? So that you can get the things that you want. Because, I mean, let's face it, every day is pretty much ground all day for most people. Wake up at similar times. Eat similar things. Drink similar things, right? Work out or don't work out. Take a break at similar times. Watch similar TV shows. Do similar things on the weekends. Go to bed at similar times, right? Brush your teeth, hopefully, at similar times for similar uh, length of time. It's Groundhog Day for almost everyone. So show me your habits, and I'll show your future, and your habits are created by your disciplines, your daily disciplines, your weekly disciplines, your monthly disciplines.
0: Advise people or coach people on how to create or develop that discipline if they want that but just don't know how to start.
1: This is my next book. I, I have, like, the whole framework in front of me here, so it won't be done for probably two years. Uh, but uh, I'm creating a goal for next year, so hopefully I do the shoot for the stars, land on the moon thing. But um, so long, long story short on this is you've got to – I'm really big on – how do I simplify this? Cause this is like a two hour training. Here's the, here's the crux, the most important piece of it. People get so caught up in creating the huge goals, which are important. The blitz goals, the B hacks, big, hairy, audacious goals. That's important. And that's a variation of the goal. And then there's the standard goals and that's what you hope to achieve. That's important. But the whole key, the key to what you're asking, if I'm going to simplify a two hour training and behind the scenes and like mental, like the, Some of like the psychology behind it is this create a minimum goal. That is so easy that you're going to do it every day and create a win streak and it will change your entire identity. So I talked about this earlier, do you think what I've missed in 14 years, those goals I gave you, I'm going to miss no way. It's not even a goal anymore. It's me. It's who I am. Yeah. So if you're struggling with personal development, I just hate it. I'm not good. Okay, I want you to create a win streak. Put it in your phone, write it down on a piece of paper, every day put it on a whiteboard, and you're going to say, I'm just going to do it, even if it's for 10 seconds. Now, of course, you can create a separate goal that's a standard goal, and another one where you're going all out crazy. Those. So there's three different goals. But the most important one is create the win streak, because when you get in a habit of doing something, it'll change your life. I had a friend that, um, this is years ago when I was building in the field in network marketing and we we're, we we're in this health and wellness company and he was extremely overweight. And I said, look, you can have success being extremely overweight, but I think you, you should live what you're teaching. You don't have to, there are workarounds, but I think you should. And I also think it's better for you. I hate going to the gym, Rob. I hate it. I hate don't understand. I'm allergic to weights. I said, okay, you want me to change your life? He's like, yep. Yeah. I said, go to the gym three days a week and your minimum is just 15 minutes, even if your workout sucks. He said, I can do that. And I said, just never miss, do that at least. We fast forward now a decade. He just texted me actually before we started this. The dude does, he does marathons and triathlons now. Like he's asking me to do stuff. I'm like, no, like you took my advice way too far, man. And he tells this story all the time, how he changed his life with giving him that advice that now I can explain a lot better, but it was a minimum. It was a win streak. And now it's become part of his identity to the point of if he's injured and can't work out, he's in a bad mood, which is crazy.
0: I get that. I love this conversation. I love this topic so much. Relying on discipline, creating discipline by creating habits. And the best way to do it is exactly what you're talking about. Take a teeny tiny goal. Right. You know, um, there's people that talk about a power list. Andy Frizzell is one of them. Ed Mylett is one of them. It's five things with Andy. It's five things with uh, other people. It's two or three things on your power list or your to do list or your small steps like you're talking about, Rob. And you make a list of two things to do that are within your control. So what's within your control is going to the gym today for 10 minutes. You don't have to rely on anybody else to get that accomplished and making one phone call to, or returning an email about a business thing. Yeah. Okay. Two small things, totally doable, 20 minutes or less with your day. You get that done and you do that for four or five days in a row. What happens? How do you feel? Now you're
1: a different person, right? Now all of a sudden it's like, There's progress. That's the definition of happiness progress.
0: And the confidence grows. The confidence grows, you begin to do what? You begin to trust yourself and you begin to believe in yourself. And if you believe in you, then your network believes in you. Right? If you trust yourself, then your network is going to trust you. But if you can't keep the promises to yourself that you make about these teeny tiny little goals, it's just, is it isn't going to work, right? What do
1: you think about uh, that? Well, there's an uh, old school book uh, written by Stephen Covey's son called The Speed of Trust. And, you know, I told you, I, I remember a couple things, one or two things from books, and that's it. And one thing that really stood out to me was, I don't know if he said it like this or I just interpreted it this way, but it was, if you say you're going to wake up at 6.30 a.m. and you don't. It's a withdrawal of trust. And we're always making deposits or withdrawals. Yeah, I love this. If you can't trust yourself, how can other people trust you? If you want to build credibility, it starts with yourself first. And so I've always looked at that of you got you got to be true to your word. And I had an individual that's worth over $100 million years ago that asked me this question, Rob, what does it take to, to have an in, insane amount of success? And I gave all these random answers that I thought were pretty good. I don't remember what I said. He said, yeah, good answers, but no. He said, this changed my life and it's so stupid, simple, but he said, don't forget it. And he said this, he said, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it and everything will change for you. I've thought a lot about that because it is so stupid, simple, but think about it. Say, don't say you're going to do something unless you're going to do it. I know if I say I'm going to do something, it's done. Like if we're in a competition where it's not a matter of skill, but it's a matter of discipline, no one can beat me. They can tie me, but you can't beat me. Cause once I commit to it, it's, it's done It's over. And so I have that kind of trust in myself, which has brought so much credibility with others, even before I had had success, because I could sell my commitment, which really sold my credibility which helped me to have more confidence as you talked about, right? It all just works together, which is so fun.
0: It is fun. Have you, what you're talking about reminds me of the book, the four agreements The impeccable yeah. word.
1: Have you read that book? Yep. I have. I haven't read it for probably six or seven years. I need a good refresher, but it's so simple and so good.
0: It really is. So gosh, this has been amazing talking with you. When you started out in network marketing, what was one of the biggest challenges? So it sounds like hard work and dedication and discipline isn't what's hard for you. Was it being patient for the success to come? What was the biggest challenge for you, if you can remember back?
1: Yeah, I would say patient the way that I always described it was not knowing when. Um, I'm okay being patient. But it, it caused some insecurities, right? It caused some massive insecurities in the sense of when I'm trying to provide for my wife and my kids and and I had months that were just really, really bad months and dipped into savings. And again, my story is different than most because most are doing it part time. But if I would have known it would have taken me three years, seven years, whatever it was, I think I would, actually I know I would have been okay with it. But that fear of the unknown, of not knowing when, just really aided at me. And it was so hard um, because then you start to have doubts of, well, is it really going to happen? Like, I know it is, but is this going to be 15 years? Is it going to be 11? Is it six? Is it two? And that comes with learning to manage your emotions. And I felt like I was as good as anyone at managing my emotions. I had a lot of weaknesses, We don't have time to go through how many, I mean, I was the world's worst public speaker, no exaggeration, like embarrassingly bad hands in my pocket. I'm so soft spoken. I'm yelling right now to even sound like a normal human being. (laughs) uh, that's That's just how I am. I'm not, I'm not shy. I'm just like, I'm soft spoken and chill, but I, uh, I, I just had to manage those emotions like everyone else. Right. And, uh. It was tough, but not knowing when was just, I think that's part of the reason. I mean, you know, going through the schooling you had to go through, why a lot of people are okay, and we do need doctors, we do need lawyers, we do need all of these different types of professions that are incredible, but I think that's why many are okay with it because in their minds, they feel like there's a sense of certainty of, yeah, it's going to cost a lot, but at least I know I'm going to get this and this and this, even though We look at it like if you went all out, like truly all out for seven years, be hard pressed not to have success. We're not making claims just based on our experience where we've seen most people go all out crazy and like focus, not fake work, like really focused work. It's incredible what they could create, but they just they just don't see that vision like we talked about in the beginning.
0: Well, either they don't see it or they are struggling with fear. You know, you had fear of the unknown. A lot of people have the fear of failure. Yeah. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want people, you know, think about it one of your biggest challenges was public speaking when i you had your hands stuffed in your pocket you had to learn how to not be soft spoken when i did my first jury trial i my hands were shaking so badly i had tucked them underneath my armpits which i'm doing right now if you can watch this on the youtube but i mean my hands were sweating my voice was shaking you know yours was as well so it's that fear of being seen Imposter syndrome. They're going to know I don't I don't know what I'm doing. You know, now we've got this social media tool. I'm going to go on. I'm going to do a post about my product or my service and my network's going to laugh at me. So part of taking that massive action is taking those steps toward personal development to get past the fear. Yep. You Now, I found that maybe there are some people laughing, but I don't pay attention. What about you? What about that, That you know, the anti-MLM people or the, the you know, somebody yep. afraid of their network and is laughing at them? Like, what do, you, what do you, how do you help them get through that?
1: The mother of all fears is the fear of judgment. Remove the fear of judgment. Remove people in general. You don't have the fear of success, fear of rejection, uh, fear of failure, fear of missing out. You don't have the fear of the unknown with other people because you're not worried what they think. When it happens, it happens. Um, so as far as from a mental standpoint and network marketing standpoint, the mother of all fears is the fear of judgment. And it's, it's interesting. The first thing is recognizing that. And then the second thing is, is you gotta weigh it out. Like you you have to learn to talk to yourself more and listen to yourself less. And everyone's so big on listening to yourself. But the problem is, is the, the inner voice a lot of times can be negative. And so you got to have rational conversations with your head and talk to yourself more of thinking like Lisa saying like, okay, so worst case scenario, people do misjudge you. And is that worth it? If you can achieve, right? Can I do it? Is it worth it? So let's assume you, you do believe you can achieve this and it's going to take three or four years. Is that worth it? Is it worth it to go through people making fun of you and misjudging you? Absolutely. Most of those people actually, once you have success, act like they always knew you were going to have it. <laughs> Happened to me with a bunch of the people. Oh, I always knew. Like, yeah, right. You made fun of me. I, I remember you making fun of me behind my back. People told me, Chris, if you're listening, I remember you, Chris, down the street making fun of me through the whole freaking neighborhood. Right? And now he tells everybody how he always knew, like literally told someone that a year ago. It was at some ClickFunnels conference and some top leader was there and they send me a selfie and he's like, I always knew Rob would make it. Uh, It's just kind of funny, like, as you go through that. So I tell you, first recognize it to talk to yourself more, listen to yourself less and start to weigh out the pros and cons of it as you go. And then start to create, as we talked about earlier, some of those minimum goals is you got to focus 90% of your time on the solutions, 10% on the problems. And then fourth will help you is, uh, do a lot of personal development, but part of your personal development, it's an action word development. It means you're taking action on what you're learning. Don't turn PD personal development into procrastination development. So it's learn action, 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 learn, action, 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 not learn, learn, learn,
0: learn, learn. A little bit of action. Yeah, you have to execute at the speed of attaining knowledge. Otherwise, yes. just, yeah, you have to execute at the speed of acquiring the knowledge.
1: Don't become the broke know-it-all.
0: <laughs> well, I'm excited. I've learned on this show that there's going to be a new book coming out, and I'm definitely on the pre-order list, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> what... Um, tell me where people can find you if they want to learn more about you, connect with you, come to Dubai with us, um, whatever
1: I'm active on all the social media platforms. You can just look up my name, Rob Sperry on Facebook, on Instagram. I've got a podcast called network marketing breakthroughs with 204 or five episodes. Um, so you can find that on any, any platform and I do my best to, it is me. Is not an assistant responding to messages. I do outsource almost everything that I can, but content that I post as well as, as responding to messages are me, um, so people can reach out there as well, and, and I'm just excited. Lisa. It, was, it was great, of course, getting to know you even better here, and really excited for our mastermind in Dubai as well, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again.
0: Let me ask you real quick, what's your favorite thing about podcasting as a host?
1: As a host, my favorite thing is I'm a collaborator I, I love having other people on and I feel like doing podcasts, there's a lot less worry about algorithms and clickbait and commenting and all that. I feel like you just get to focus on pure incredible content, give the best of the best you can. And I also feel like those that are listening, they have less distractions. Like most people listen to the whole thing, whether, whereas on a Facebook Live, they jump on and then jump off, right? And they're on mm-hmm. for a little bit. And so I tell people, I like it so much. I would rather have, as an example, 200 people listen to my podcast than have 5,000 people watch my Facebook Live. Yeah. That's how important it is. Yeah. And that's why, how much I love them.
0: Yeah. I, I love it too. It's turning out to be, I, only, I think that you're going to be, the 16th episode. I just started. Yes. And <laughs> but um, it's it's really, it does bring me a lot of joy. I love talking with interesting people like you um, and some of the other people I've had on as well. And it's one of the things that I really look forward to because I, I also love collaborating and I love learning from other people and just kind of getting to know them and having them share their wisdom and hopefully touch somebody who's listening um, and, and let them learn something or let them laugh or let them, whatever it is. I just hope that it brings a lot of value to people. And so that's why I love doing it. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I think we should do a, a post Dubai recap, maybe do something with our top takeaway,
1: um, from each of the speakers. Sounds like like a plan to me. I'm excited it'll be fun it'll be interesting to see where it goes they always go in different directions so that'll be a ton of fun
0: all right thanks again thanks lisa for more information on the direct af sales book or custom dice course or workbook go on over to directafsales.com. there's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there it's code direct af20 And grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe. And even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.